Welcome to the Free Chapel Podcast. Let's get into this week's message. You have your Bibles, open them up with me. I'm going to go to two places real quickly this morning. I'm going to jump into um, this teaching this morning, and um, I'm praying that it'll just speak to you deeply and um, encourage you and stir your heart. But uh, I'm going to go to Nahum chapter 1, Nahum chapter 1. There's like one Bible turning. I hear it. Only one. He's like, Nahum, is that even in the Bible? No, who? No, who? But anyway, yeah, just forget it. They'll put it up on the screen. That's over there where the pages are stuck together. <clears throat> Nahum chapter one. I'm going to come back to a familiar place called Isaiah. Yeah, is that better? All right. <laughs> we'll come over there too. Nahum chapter one, verse seven. It says, the Lord is good. Listen to this. The Lord is good a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knows those who trust in him. The Lord is good. He's a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knows those who trust in him. Now, let's look at Isaiah 55, beginning at verse 8. I'm going to go through these quickly. Mark it in your Bible or look it up on the screen or look at it on the screen. He says this through the prophet Isaiah, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts your thoughts. For as the rain comes down as snow, and do not return there, but water the earth, and make it bring forth in buds, it give, that it may give seed to the sower, bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please and prosper in the thing for which I sent it. For you shall go out with joy and be led out with peace. And I'm going to stop right there for the sake of time. I want to talk to you this morning just on the subject, if you're taking notes, of when trust is on trial. When your trust is going through a little trial. In Nahum chapter 1, I love this. He comes boldly in this first chapter, and you got to go back and study the times that, that, that he was facing and going through when he made this comment. But Nahum, he was a minor prophet. He boldly stood up and said, number one, he said, the Lord is good. Amazing, he wanted to settle that. How many know this morning that God is good? The Bible said that he's good and he does nothing but good. Understand circumstances may be bad, but God is good. Situations may be bad, but God is good. Your situation, your circumstance, the state of our surroundings does not dictate or determine the character of God. He is good and he will always be good and do nothing but good. We serve a good God and a great God. Amen. But notice what the scripture says. He's a good God. And then it says he's a stronghold in the day of trouble. Notice what it said. He is a stronghold in the day of trouble. It speaks of in the day of trouble, which implies that at some point in time during this thing called life, that all of us in some form or fashion will, will hit the turbulence of life and face trouble. In other words, trouble is not prejudiced to, towards any address. It'll go to the penthouse and it'll go to the outhouse. It doesn't matter. It's, it always seeks and lurks around looking for opportunity to wreak havoc. 
days of trouble will come. I want to say this boldly and, and clearly, and you hear it all the time. Jesus said in uh, John 16, that in this world, there will be troubling times. There will be trying times. There'll be tribulations. There'll be moments of persecution. But he said, be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Being a Christian does not make me uh, immune or, or keep me from going through things. The rain falls on the just and the unjust. I want to say it boldly. If you think that just because you got saved, that you're never going to go through anything, you're never going to face anything, you're never going to have to deal with anything, I don't know who lied to you, but they did. Here's the reality. You will go through things. You will face things. But here's the difference. We have the Lord who said, I'll be a stronghold when you're going through the hardships and struggles in life. That word stronghold means a refuge. It means a hiding place. It means the one who will help me. Understand that the presence of trouble is not the absence of God. Matter of fact, he says over in Psalms 46, it says, God is your refuge and your strength. Listen to this, a very present help in the time of trouble. So if trouble is there, God is there. And if you don't believe me, you can text three Hebrew boys and they'll tell you that right in the midst of some hot trouble, God stood right there as the fourth man in the fire. So if he don't get you out, God knows how to get in and take you through the challenge or the trouble that you're facing. Job said it like this. He said, a man that is born of, of a woman is a few days and, and full of trouble. Trouble comes. The enemy wants to use troubling times to discourage, to disappoint, and get us to a place of despair that we give up that we throw in the towel, that we begin to, to question the goodness of God, the credibility of God. Is God still for me? Is God still with me? That is his assignment to do all, to use all these means and methods and come to get you to a place of despair that you're ready to just throw your hands up and walk away from it all. I don't know about you. I'm sure I'm not in a church that no one, possibly, not, I mean, surely no one in this congregation or watching online has never felt like giving up. I'm sure everybody in here has always had it together. It's always been good. You've never faced any hardships. You never faced any struggles or adversity. And if you're in here, uh, excuse me, but I'm not talking to you. I need to talk to some real folk this morning that knows, come on somebody, that, that, that life can hand you a little something, something. But we have this hope that God says, I am your stronghold in the day of trouble. And he said, the key, notice what he said, he knows those who trust in him. If I'm going to benefit from the stronghold and from the refuge of God, it will require a deliberate and intentional choice to trust him. Are you following me? When I talk about trust, there's a difference between faith, faith and trust. I'm not talking about a faith fight. I'm talking about a trust trial. Matthew chapter 8 says this, And behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, listen to these words, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Notice the leper. The leper didn't have a problem with faith. He said, If you're willing, you can make me clean. I know that you can make me clean, but I'm struggling if you'll do it or not. Because here's the reality. 
Faith has to do with God's actions, but trust has to do with God's ability, but trust has to do with his credibility. I'm going to say it again. Faith has to do with his ability, but trust has to do with his credibility. See, the leper said, I know that you can, but I'm not sure that you will. And when it comes to trusting God, I have to trust that he's credible in my situation. I got to trust that God's credit is good. Come on. He's, he, his credit is perfect. Look at his credit history, and he's proven himself time and time again. The Bible tells us and exhorts us on time and time again about us trusting in the Lord, but we're also warned against trusting in, in, in places or things or princes or riches or even in ourselves uh, that results in, in, in vain outcomes, the scripture said. What do you mean? In Jeremiah chapter 17, watch this. It says, thus saith the Lord, listen to these words, cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. He, notice that. When I depend on flesh, look at the outcome. It's a matter of time before I start departing from the Lord. Dependency on the flesh will result in departing from the Lord. Did you catch that? And it says, for he, listen to this, he shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when, when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness in a salt land which is not inhabited. In other words, barren and unfruitful. Oh, but let me keep reading. But notice the next verse. But blessed is the man who trusts, or woman, who trusts in the Lord and those who hope in the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the, by the waters. Notice the difference already between a shrub and a tree. When I trust in myself or depend on my own ability, he said, you're going to live the shrub life. In other words, you're already living way beneath what God intended for you to live. And he said, you will be like a tree planted by the waters, which roots, which would spread out its roots by the river. Here's what I want you to get, see. Notice what it says. And will not fear when heat comes. Notice that. And it says, but his leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will Will he cease from yielding fruit? What I love about that scripture, did you catch it? It says that when the heat comes, when the troubled time comes, when the hardship comes, God said, if you'll keep your trust in me, if you'll trust in my credibility, I'll be your stronghold in the day of trouble. And he said, even in famine, even in lack, I don't care what the economy does. I don't care what's going. Oh, come on, somebody. He said, I can still cause you to prosper right in the middle. I don't know if you believe me or not, because he said right in the middle, let the heat come, let the hard times come, let the adversity hits. I am the God that can still cause you to prosper. Listen, your business can prosper in the famine. Your job can prosper in the family. Your family and your children, right in the midst of all hell breaking out, all heaven can be breaking out on the 
those who trust in the God. Don't let the circumstances of the world and things around you get you distracted from trusting in your God. Do I have 10 people that says, I will trust in the Lord? I love it. He said, you're still going to be planted and flourishing and prospering because I choose to trust in the Lord. Understand that David said this, some trust in chariots and some trust in horses. He said, but we will remember the name of the Lord. Why is that so important? Because you got to understand the best, the best technology of David's time was used to develop chariots. Man's greatest intellectual powers were employed to make chariots faster and stronger and, and, and safer. And also they use horsepower. They use horses to, to, to run those chariots. But notice David said, he said, I don't care how technologically we get advanced. I don't care how much horsepower it is. He said, when it comes down to it, I'm going to stick with the Lord. Because, come on, technology can change. Come on, people can change. Situations can change. But what he was saying, that I need something that will remain consistent and stand during the times. I don't know who I'm talking to. He said, the name of the Lord. Well, isn't it funny? I thought about this. Isn't it funny that when the church in the book of Acts, when they were going through some of the toughest times, were also going through some of the most prominent and blessed times that they were multiplying, they were flourishing, and the big dilemma about the church, you know what it was? It was the name of Jesus. They said, we don't want you talking, we don't want you speaking that name, we don't want you declaring that name, we don't want you talking about him who rose again, we don't want you to talk about the hope that we have, you can do anything, but don't you let Jesus come out of your mouth. I wonder why, because when they put trust in that name, the government couldn't stop them, the religious folk couldn't, oh you don't hear me, the religious folk couldn't stop them, society couldn't stop them, they they said we'd rather obey God than obey man and because they put their trust in the name of the Lord there was miracles there were signs there was wonders come on somebody and they did not lack anything they had provision come on somebody I still believe that Jesus is the name above all name that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow every tongue shall confess in heaven on earth and under earth that Jesus Christ is Lord. Give Jesus a shout of praise and I'll move on. Who? Don't tell me not to speak in that name. I have the privilege and I'm going to move on to serve as a chaplain in our Spartanburg County Sheriff's Department over in South Carolina. And our, our, our sheriff is, is, is bold. Let me just say that. But he walked into one of our meetings. He said, I just want to come in and make it real clear. He goes, we don't have a chaplaincy that talk about that high, higher power stuff. 
And we don't allow our chaplains to do anything that they can't say the name of Jesus. So if you're invited to officiate any funeral or do anywhere or anything that has to do with this chaplaincy, if you can't say the name of Jesus, this is your opportunity to leave right now. Because we, I mean, he said it. He said, he said, he said it's either Jesus or it's nothing. It's either that name or there's no name. We're not going to get... Come on, somebody. What other name can heal you? What other name can deliver you? What other name can set you free? What other name can break chains and destroy yokes and set captives free? What name got you here this morning? What name delivered you and saved you? It wasn't Muhammad. It wasn't Buddha. Come on. It wasn't Harry Christian. It wasn't Scientology. It was Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes into the Father except by him. It's that name. Oh. I got to keep moving. I'm fired up. I need somebody online to put in the chat that name. That name. And then just put Jesus with caps. Come on. I just put Jesus with caps. Jesus. Somebody said, trust on trial. Understand trust. When we trust, it releases to God and it leaves with God. The Bible said in 1 Kings chapter 17, there was a famine. There was a widow. And there was going through a tough time, a troubling time. Notice it was a famine. There was a time of lack. It was a widow. She was facing loss, grieving. Didn't say how long she had been a widow, but obviously she had lost her husband. And the scripture said that the prophet came to her, God sent her to her house, and she was out gathering sticks, and she was about to make her last, last, uh, 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 my grandmother used to call it cake of cornbread. Let me use that. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Oh, oh yeah. Some of the young people's like, well, I cake of cornbread, but yeah, some of that old stuff. But, but when the Bible said that the prophet said, I need you to get me something to drink, and she said, no, I'm, we're about to eat this, me and my son, and die. He said, no, 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 Get, give that to me first. Now, this woman was, you know, she was real spiritual because it couldn't have been me. I'm already struggling. I'm already in a famine. I'm still trying to get over the grieving process. And, you know, and now you want my last box of Jiffy? It ain't happening. I'm just telling you that. You better go next door. You're getting a, not this, not today. You know, I'm just saying, see, y'all laughing. I, no, no, you do the same thing, too. You were looking at them like they're crazy. Come on. Don't act like that. I ain't that faithful for that. Who are you? Now, anyway, but the Bible said this. Let me hurry. The scripture said this, that she did it anyway. She released her last to, a lot, to the prophet or to the word of God. She let it go. But then the Bible said this, that, of course, God, to in turn, when she released Mm, what she had, she got back more than what she began with. She went from not enough to more than enough, but she would have not got more than enough had she trust to release what she had. Oh, it didn't stop there because the Bible said then all of a sudden her son, the Bible said he got stricken with an illness and he ceased to breathe. And the Bible said the prophet walked in and said, give him to me. 
Now, I, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't prove this, but I'm thinking in my mind is that, that, that mother, think about what she, she's already lost her husband. And could it be that she was saying, this is the last thing I've got? And, and, and a natural human inclination would be wanting to hold on. No, I can't, I can't give you this. Uh-uh. It's all I got left. It's my son. You took my bread. No, 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 no. But something in that woman. See her probably with tears in her eyes. She let it go. And the Bible said when she gave it to the prophet, or watch this, when she gave her child that had died, her child that was facing death, the child that had stopped breathing or stopped living, the child that may have stopped living for God, the child that has been separated from what they know they should do and how, oh, come on, and how they live, the child that's not functioning according to the way that they've been created and purposed and destined to, the child, the Bible said that she gave, watch this, to the word. I'm going to trust you to the word. And notice, the prophet didn't tell her what she was, he was going to do. But the word took the child and went to work. You never know where the word will take your child. And sometimes when you trust your child to the word, the word might take them places. Come on, somebody that you don't understand and you don't like. And it may get worse before it get better. But the Bible says she released him and she left him because a lot of us, we release things to God in prayer, but we pick it back up in doubt and unbelief. But the Bible said that after the word stopped working, he went and laid on that child three times and breath came back into that child, brought him back to mama and said, here you go. And oh my gosh, she would have never received the miracle had she not chose to trust with releasing it to the word. My question to you, what are you holding on to that you need to release to God? And I want to tell somebody this morning, parents whose children are working on their testimony, parents whose children you know, you've raised them in the house of God, you've taught them the word of God, you spoke the word of God, they used to be in the house of God, and now they decided to go on a little detour. Now they decided that they can do their own thing. I want to tell you that I still believe that the word of God that is down on the inside of your son or your daughter is greater than anything that hell, come on somebody, is trying to do. Do you want proof? Remember the scripture said, the word shall not return void. The word brought that child back to his mama whole and well. And I'm declaring in Jesus' name, the word over your children is going to bring them back. It's going to bring them back Oh, you don't believe it. I need you to shout better than that. I need you to shout. You may not have a child, but I need you to shout for parents that are believing right now. I need you to believe for parents that are believing that their children, the words, going to bring them back. Number one, let me hurry. We got to learn to trust his thoughts. He said, my thoughts are not your thoughts. 
and my ways are higher than your ways. Listen, God's thoughts, watch this, are beyond us. He said, I'll do exceedingly and abundantly above all that you could ever ask or think. But here's what I want to get. We got to learn to trust his thoughts that are not explained to you. You got to trust his thoughts that are not explained to you. And this is where we struggle. And this is where it gets tough. When it comes to God, watch this. We'll believe him. We'll trust him with destiny. But we struggle with trusting him with challenges. But isn't it funny that we're willing to trust a whole lot of other things that we don't understand, but we get mad at God when we don't understand how he's working? Oh, let me give you an example. This microphone, I don't understand how it works. I didn't create it. It's got wires and gadgets and chips and dips and all kind of stuff inside of it. I didn't just say, well, you know what? I'm not going to use it until I understand it. You didn't question. You don't use your, not use your phone. So you tell me you understand everything about that little phone in your pocket? That some of you on Instagram right now, I'm calling you out. Get off Instagram and get back in this service. Yep, picked you up. Uh-huh. But anyway... But, 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 uh, but you, you still use it. I don't understand. Listen, we trust stuff. And isn't it funny? We trust people and things that we don't even understand. I don't, I've, I've flown and I don't even know the pilot. We'll just hop on a plane, go to our seat, sit down, put a headphones on and fly. Don't question nothing. But when it comes to God, we struggle. We struggle. Listen to me. <laughs> Listen, we must be willing to live <laughs> with not always having explanations or understanding. <laughs> Life losses will leave us hurting and wondering why. I wrote it down like this. Cancer can take a young mother or father. Divorce strikes a happy home. Financial ruin devastates retirement plans. A child is killed or commits suicide. Such time raise questions of difficulty in our, in our mind that we don't quite understand and, and comprehend. And, 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 and we start trying to figure it out and wondering. And, and what I call it, we get wearied with the whys. Why, why, why God? Why God? Why God? Why God? Why God? And we take the spotlight off of God and then we put it on ourselves. What did I not do wrong? What did I do wrong? I could have did this better. I could have did this better. I could have, maybe if I'd have did this, and maybe I'd have did this, and man, I don't know why. I'm saying, listen, listen, I want to, I remember I heard T.F. Tenney say this, and it stuck with me. He said, when God's two children messed up, he didn't start questioning himself and cease to be God because of what his kids did. And sometimes you parents beat yourselves up because you, everybody can go back and say we could have did that better and we could have did that better. No one's perfect. 
God was the perfect parent and his kids still messed up. But he did not cease to be God. He didn't cease to be good. He didn't cease to be righteous. He didn't cease to be holy. And I don't know, I want to tell some parents, no, you, you have not ceased to be a good mother. You have not ceased to be a good dad. Don't let the devil lie to you. We may not understand it all, but I guarantee you we got to learn to trust God and his goodness and his faithfulness. Come on, somebody. I feel... Mm. Charles Spurgeon said, God is too good to be unkind. He is too wise to be confused. If you cannot trace his hand, I can always trust his heart. As a result, watch this. We don't live by explanations. We live by promises. Ooh, I'm going to give you something here. Listen, when God won't give you a reason, I found out at the end, he'll give you a revelation. Oh, when you're going through, Joseph. He didn't give Joseph a reason for the pit. He just said, I'm with you. He didn't give Joseph a reason for the prison. He just said, I'm with you. He didn't give a reason for his family alienating him and ostracizing him. He just said, I'm with you. And when you're going through, oftentimes, God may not give you a reason, but on the other side, God Almighty, because when you get to Genesis 50, he said, now, Joseph, that you're up in the palace, you're going through hell, ups and downs, ins and outs, family is struggle. But look now, I didn't give you a reason why you were going through it, but I am going to give you a revelation on the other side of it. They meant it for your evil, good God. But God meant it for your good. I didn't give you a reason, but here's the revelation. This thing is still gonna work out for your good. It's still gonna be turned around in your favor. It's still, come on, I'm still gonna do what I said I'm gonna do. If you trust me, I don't have a reason, but I'm waiting on my revelation. I don't have a reason. Imagine what John the Baptist went through. I don't have a reason for this. What? I baptized you? We, let's go back. We were leaping in our mother's womb together. I was in the wilderness fasting and praying, getting prepared to come to roll out the red carpet for you. I stood up boldly and proclaimed that I may baptize you with water, but there's coming one after me that's, that's greater who will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. I preached for you. I stood for you. And now you won't even come see me in prison. You sending people to talk to me. Jesus poor John he started getting weary with the wise why is Jesus doing this why is Jesus not coming why is Jesus not fixing this I thought we were better than that why I don't get this to the point 
Well, the weary's almost got, the weary wise almost got the best of John. And he said, go back and ask him, is he the one? Or should I look for another one? Has all my praying been in vain? Has all my worship been in vain? Has all my giving been in vain? Gave up stuff. I let things go for you, Jesus. Is this what I get in return? Is it you or is there another one? I know what that feels like. I remember when God set me free and delivered that North Campus. I walked into the, my job the next day and they laid me off and it went all downhill from that week. And I went to the prayer tower of that North Campus and I cried out to God. I said, how is it that I get right with you and everything goes wrong? To the point I had nowhere to stay and my girlfriend, Shanna, my wife, would give up her apartment and give me a place to live. After I give my life to you, Jesus, this is the way it goes. Maybe I, I, I prayed the wrong prayer. Maybe something happened. I was thinking about this last night, but I'll never forget, and some of you remember it, Mark Mobley <laughs> used to be on staff here. He came up there, and he kneeled down beside me. And I just, it, I just thought this. He said, Javon, this is one of those things you just going to have to trust God. He couldn't give me an answer. He couldn't give me an explanation. And neither did Jesus to John. He said, go back and tell him. Tell John, the dead is raised. The sick is healed. Captives are being set free. Yokes are being destroyed. Burdens are being lifted. And blessed is he mm, who's not offended in me. Scandalion means to be tripped up. He said, blessed is he that don't get offended when I don't do what they want me to do and how they want me to do it and when they want me to do it. Blessed is he that will trust my credibility. Blessed is he that when your trust is on trial, you don't let the trial begin to rob you of your trust. I want them to put up, stand to your feet. I'm about to close. I want them to put up one last verse. Media, if you can put up that last verse in Psalms. I think it's in Psalms 105. I'm coming to a close. Look at this word right here. This is different. I didn't preach like this last service, but this is for somebody in this service. It's speaking of Joseph. Listen to what it says. It says, until the time that his word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. Mm. The New Living Translation said, the word of the Lord tested his character. What are you saying, Javon? It says, until. Because here's, the, here, here's what, what I want to show you. Leave it up there for a moment. A lot of y'all, you, 
a lot of you that are in this room and are watching online at all of our campuses, an online campus, you're in an until right now. And in the until, you don't always have answers. In the until, you, a lot of times you just got a question mark for a brain. But notice, until the time, until the time that his word came to pass, look what was happening. The word of the Lord tested him. God has given you words concerning your life, concerning your family, concerning your children, concerning your marriage, your business, your careers, your future. But you're in the until. And guess what's happening? For a lot of you, it's the exact opposite right now. I feel this. You've been, God told you promised land, but all you see is wilderness. God promised you abundance, but right now, you're just trying to make ends meet. Gave you a business idea, but it seemed like nothing just is coming together. And what's happening right now, your trust is on trial. And here's what that word is doing to you right now. Do you believe me? It said, the word tested him. That word of promise for many of you. Do you believe me? No, no, no. I don't care what they're doing. What did I tell you about your children? Do you believe me? No, 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 no. I, 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 uh, 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 Lord, Lord, now you know the economy's kind of shaky. That's risky to step out there and start that business or expand a bit. That's kind of what did I tell you to do? And right now, some of you are being the very word that God gave you is testing you. And for some, you've laid it down because it's been so long. Now you've gotten to the point where you don't even really believe it anymore. And you're guilty of giving it up. But I feel the Lord sent me back this to be here this morning and said, no, I'm credible. I'm not a man that I should lie, nor the son of man that I should repent. But if I gave you a word and I gave you a promise, it is not going to come back to me void. And just because you don't see it right now, and just because it doesn't look like it now, you're in your until. But this is the time that your trust is on trial. And the word is saying, do you still believe me? I think about college students. I'm about to round up. I'm not just prolonging this. I feel the Lord. I, I, I was talking to some college students at our, our gym and, and, and you know, they graduated in the, um, the, 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 the last year when the whole pandemic thing and, and they were just discouraged, Pastor Trace. They was like, I got a degree and still struggling. I'm, I'm working jobs that don't even have nothing to do with what, what I went to school for because of the way things are, it's hard to find a job. And they were just frustrated, young people. And it really touched my heart. Because you may be in here this morning. You may be watching online. You were so enthused about that college career and that next step and things. And now you're, you're doing jobs that don't even, mm, that don't even look like what you went to school for. 
They don't even represent what you know that you've called, been called to do. But what I want to tell you right now, that word is testing you. And don't you give up on God. You keep working. Come on, I'm glad you're working, doing something. You stay faithful. Come on, somebody. As a man sowed, that shall he reap. Come on, God is too good. He's too good to leave you where you are and to leave you hanging. But don't fail the test of your word. Thanks for joining us. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. It helps this podcast reach even more people. Free Chapel can now be your home church no matter where you live with Free Chapel Online. Watch weekly messages from wherever you are with your family and friends, join online small groups, volunteer, and more. Plus, there's weekly content for youth and kids. Join today by downloading the Free Chapel app or head over to freechapel.org online. And a special thanks to those who give generously to help us produce weekly content like this to reach the world with the message of Jesus. If you'd like to partner with us, you can give by clicking the link in the description or on our website and app. God bless you and we'll see you next week.